0: health is a journey it's not a destination
1: what's going on ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of off the dome radio today we have um one of my favorite guests, I think, a little bias here, but Dr. Bob Newhaven from Northwest Indiana Chiropractic. Uh, they are the best, so if you're around that area, you need a chiropractor, some things are going on, go see them, uh, they'll uh, they'll get you fixed right up. Um, so I really enjoyed this one. We got to listen to kind of his why and his background, how he got into being a being a chiropractor what he is getting into now uh, he's always um, educating himself to get better and better so that he can better serve others uh, and then we nerd out a little bit on some nutrition things and I uh, talked about a few uh, different scenarios that he has seen and uh, and helped work with patients and help them get through some of these things so it was pretty enlightening to hear him uh, and how he uh, got to where he is today. So Tim, uh, I know you. This was a first time meeting Dr. Bob. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts were, takeaways. Uh, how you liked Dr. Bob?
2: Yeah, Dr. Bob was awesome. You can tell that he's. I mean, he's got his education. He got his degree in in, chiro- in being a chiropractor, but him continuing his education and his passion for continually investing knowledge into himself even today. I'm exploring new tactics. It was kind of cool to, to, to see his passion with that. Um, and I enjoyed hearing him talk about scaling his business and hiring the right people. I asked him what he looked for um, in the people that he hired and brought onto his team and what he said about them always continuing their education, looking for people who are always investing in themselves. I, I really enjoyed what he had to say about that. and As well as what he said about separating his chiro- chiropractor business from others, the way they kind of approach um, each p- patient in a really personalized way, um, and don't just give them a cookie cutter answer on how to fix their pain. He actually talked about really educating them on why they're feeling, how they're feeling, what they're feeling, and giving them the best plan for that specific person. I just I like the way he he framed that about his business and the way they they, they approach patients. So it's a lot of good stuff in here. Whether you're, you're looking for for movement techniques or um, the, the nitty gritty part of it, but also learn a lot through what it means to grow a successful business and hire the right people so i look forward to what you guys get from this episode um, again shout out to dr bob for inviting us into his home uh we had we had a guest on the podcast besides dr bob his dog so his dog was with us too oh yeah we uh, did we
1: did have the dog walking so, around so trying we,
2: to so we enjoyed that it was, it was a good time
1: maneuvered through some cords yeah that was fun
2: yeah it was a very fun conversation and we could have talked with him all day i know
1: could he's an absolute stud and living legend uh Thanks for always listening and tuning in to the show. We hope you guys love this one. Uh, Here we are with Dr. Bob Newhaven. So, uh, we're with Dr. Bob Newhaven, um, stud chiropractor, Northwest Indiana. Uh, How you doing today, Dr. Bob? I'm great, Colin, man. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks for being with us. Tim, how are you this morning? Great, man. Thank you
2: for the opportunity to be here. Yeah.
1: Uh, So, Dr. Bob, we just kind of want to get into it. A little background about you, uh, how you started out, and your kind of journey to chiropractic, and where you're at now. Awesome. Thanks. So, I'm
0: originally from central Illinois, a little town called Magnolia, 300 people. So, uh, you know, not a lot going on there, but uh, definitely, you know... um, had a lot of experience growing up with different things. And, um, you know, I was an athlete growing up. Our local chiropractor was like our athletic trainer. You know, I had some injuries and uh, he helped me out a lot and it really just got me interested in the profession at that point. And, you know, I've never really strayed from that idea since high school. Uh, you know, a lot of people change. And for me, it was just, uh, you know, as soon as, I, as soon as I knew it, I knew it yeah. and I stuck with it. You know, I went to undergrad at Illinois States. I uh, went to chiropractic school at National University in Lombard. Um, you know, my wife's originally from Chicago, so after school we just kind of hung out in this area, had a couple of jobs, and um, one of my friends, uh, who was also my employer at a certain point, looked at me and was like, "Man, you got to start doing your own thing. You just got too much to, too much stuff to get out there in the world." And um, so I opened up in Northwest Indiana, and um, you know, it's been on ever since. So I started renting a room in another doc's office, and within a year we quickly grew out of that, and just you know kept growing and climbing. And I'm one of those people, you know, I just want to push forward. Um, there's no point in looking behind me, so just keep moving forward and keep growing. And um, that's been it ever since.
1: That's awesome. So
0: how many locations do you have now? So we have two locations: one in Sherrill, Indiana, and one in Crown Point, Indiana.
1: And what'd that look like? So you, you grew pretty fast within a year. So how did you know, like scaling wise, like, okay, it's time to get this big, but not go too far past, or, you know, was there some trial and error? Or how did you know, like, this is the time and this is not the time? Sure, so, um, you know, I do not have a business background.
0: Um, you know, in undergrad, I did some sales. I sold knives. Oh, there you Cut you. Go nice. knives. Twenty
1: six thousand bucks in undergrad.
0: Cutco knives. They sent me so, a lot
1: of letters, and I threw away a lot of letters.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, it taught but me. if it works? It taught me a lot, a lot of really valuable experience of like, really um, about how to like sell myself, but also like scaling and things a little bit. And so, you know, at a certain point when I was renting space in that doc's office, I realized that um, you know it was time for me to get my own space. I wanted to just um, scale up. And so uh, I was looking at some smaller spaces and um, the real estate broker was actually like, well, we have the entire, I was looking for about, I don't know, a thousand square feet. And he's like, we have the whole space available, which is almost 3,000. And I I started breaking a cold sweat. He was like, man, if you really want it, you can do it. And um, so I did it. And uh, I took a leap of faith. And, you know, that's our main flagship share of a location. And for me, I just kept reinvesting in the business and growing it and growing it. And we, um, you know, I got an opportunity to add another doctor in Crown Point. And so we opened up a location for him. And, um, you know, we grew to three locations within like three years. Wow. And we had another location in Valpo. and you know, it, uh, I had a second child, our main doctor there had a second child and we just got, you know, kind of too scattered. So we scaled back down to two Okay. and, um, you know, it's working for us now. And so now we're trying to make these two locations really the best that they can be. And so for me, there wasn't really a set path. It was more like, you know, I'm always, I'm one of those guys, like I'm always working things behind the scenes. And, you know, if an opportunity presents itself, like, I opened the door, right. So, the, you know, our main doc in Crown Point was somebody that I knew for two or three years before he came. Before he came over to us, and you know, I knew he would be a good fit for for my philosophy and and the way I wanted to run my business. And I told him, hey man, if you're ever interested in coming over, call me up. You know, one day, two or three, about two and a half years after I first met him, he called me up and he's like, I want to play. I want to come over. So we opened awesome. up a location for him. You know, and. For me that's what it's all about like if i find people that like i believe in like i'm willing to invest to make that happen because for me it's about finding the right people irrelevant of circumstance right like circumstances change money changes places change and so if i find the right person like that i think's a good fit like i'm down to make it happen yeah so that's how I scale. You know, it's not, it's not the traditional path per se, but it works for us so far. Yeah.
1: It yeah. uh, sounds just like Dr. Scott. Yeah. That's his thing. So for the listeners, my boss, also a chiropractor, him and Dr. Bob are friends, and he was like, man, you can't teach someone passion or the secret, or special sauce. Yeah. Just wanting to love on people. He goes, I can teach anything else, but you can't teach that. So it's cool that like if you get the people, and it's like, all right, we'll move if we have the right people, and we'll... Do what we have to do and invest in the people. Like, mm-hmm. that's his thing too invest in your people. Mm-hmm. So, and we always talk about like how to win friends, influence people. Like, if you aren't good with people, you lose. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. We nerd out on communication and people and stuff like that and how yeah. important it is to understand like how to effectively do that.
2: Yeah. So. And, it, and it sounds like the, the quality of people that you hired was. The cause of why you were able to grow and expand and I guess the question I have for you is are there any characteristics that you look at within people that you can, you can kind of identify me like they're gonna come in here and want to learn like is there anything that you look for
0: uh, well and you kind of already said it. it's that willingness to learn mm-hmm. for me that is like I get I guess it can be taught especially you know if you're an educator but um you know it's that willingness to accept responsibility mm-hmm. right and that ultimately is if if the people that are like at our place are responsible for themselves they hold themselves accountable and for people like that that to me is people that hold themselves accountable want to keep getting better and want to keep learning and that's the the main thing that i look for is you know a lot of the docs that came over by us had a lot of education before they even came to me and for for a healthcare professional that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the person that is never content. That wants to keep pushing forward and getting better. And you know, even people outside the healthcare professionals, so our office manager and the other people are the, are the same way. So, you know, I look for those people that again hold themselves responsible and accountable and just, you know, keep growing whether it's, you know, reading a book in their spare time or taking a course or, you know, or asking the right questions. So,
2: Mm -hmm. How do you create an environment on your end to kind of prosper that or or cause that? Because people, it's part of what people do on their own, but is there anything you can do to kind of make the environment open to that kind of workplace?
0: Yeah, so, you know, professionally, you know, I take a lot of courses myself. We were talking before, I took a course last weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I pulled a guy in from Milwaukee and had him teach me, right? And so uh, we really foster that with our professionals is like, you know, like, hey, what's the next course you wanna take? You know, if, if you can't find a place, I'll, I'll host it. I'll yeah. bring the guys in. You know, um, for the people who aren't necessarily the healthcare professionals, it's the same way. You know, I send people to, to different meetings and different courses and I help them learn. Uh, but I also, you know, I challenge them as well to like think about the process and like, hey, what, what could we have done differently or better, you know, at this stage of the game? And so we're like, you know, at our office, and, everybody makes kind of a joke of it, like, oh, Dr. Bob, and you're always changing stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the idea is to always find a better, more quality, more efficient way of doing things. And, you know, I challenge my staff all the time to just say, like, what could we be doing better? Mm-hmm. And I don't shut down any idea, right? Sure. So, you know, whether it's, you know, from our high school girl who works part-time all the way up to one of our docs, if somebody's got an idea how to do things better, I'm all ears, and mm-hmm. I think that's one of those ideas of being able to foster communication is is having an open mind, no matter where it comes from.
2: Because mm-hmm. yeah, people feel like they have the empowerment to change mm-hmm. the business that they work for. I feel like that exactly allows you to evolve. So. Yeah, and,
0: and it, you know, it holds, you know, it helps them hold themselves responsible because when I ask them, you know, for help. They have to think about it, and they have to be responsible for their part. Mm-hmm. You know, so it kind of creates that intrinsic environment a little bit, just from having an open mind and asking questions.
1: Yeah, I love that. So, Doctor Bob, what are some practices you do that are different than most that like separate you? Um, you've grown pretty quickly. Uh, you have very successful practice. So, what are some things uh, we talked about environmentally? You have a different kind of environment that you create with the types of people but practice wise too what are some different things you say you go to a lot of continued ed more learning you're at a seminar last weekend Uh, so how does all that kind of incorporate to you know sometimes people have a stigma of oh you just go and get adjusted There's a lot more to it Um, and I know you have a lot of different modalities you do so I'm kind of interested what you think is kind of more of the key ingredients to what's really separated you.
0: That's a great question, and, um, you know, even in school, I took a lot of extra courses in school, acupuncture, rehab courses, you know, extra adjusting courses, and for me, it's about helping people as quickly and efficiently as possible, no matter the tool, right, but if I only have one tool in my belt, I'm pretty limited in my ability to do that. And that's, again, why I keep looking on growing. And one reason why we've grown so quickly is, you know, I've taken a lot of extra courses. You know, one thing that I'm certified in is a technique called dynamic neuromuscular stabilization or DNS. And for me, it's it's really about like movement mechanics, you know, like how to move more efficiently based on the way we grew up as being a kids. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's one technique that is integral to our success. Um, you know, we're certified in some other techniques, some soft tissue techniques as well. We have some doc-certified active release technique. Um, you know, I just got certified in uh, like something called MoveNet, which is natural movement. So it's like you know how to pull yourself up on a tree branch, or you know if somebody's passed out on, on the beach, how to pick them up and drag them to safety. You know, different different things like that. And um, and we're still continuing to grow and learn you know, one of our docs is certified in birth fit, which is fitness for pregnant women. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, pretty cool stuff. I know that was uh, Yeah. What, what a nail-off. Re- it's a really, it's a growing thing. And uh, they've shown that, you know, pregnant women who exercise tend to have better deliveries and are healthier afterwards. Oh. And, um, and so, and, w- and one of our docs too is just, is getting certified in something called, you know, primal reflex technique, which is just a way to help people when they're in acute pain, Shut off some of the protective mechanisms that may be, you know, helping but also not helping them get better faster. Oh. And so, you know, there's a lot of different techniques that we employ. Um, but um, you know, I would definitely say right now that for us, DNS is one of the, the big integral parts of why we've been so successful at our practice. Okay. Uh, to answer your question? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Cool. I am um, interested in that reflux so what are some of those mechanisms you said that can be helpful but also not um just for sake of uh, the listeners and me too i'm kind of interested what are those mechanisms
0: sure so one example is um you know if you have a disc herniation for instance in your low back that may be pinching a nerve so a lot of people have heard of a pinched nerve right Mm -hmm. so the nerves are like our electrical wiring in the body and um, when a nerve is pinched it becomes really angry right it becomes inflamed and kind of lights itself on fire and um, um, so when a nerve is pinched for instance a lot of people can't bend over right and that uh, inability to bend over is one way that the body starts to protect that nerve from being pinched and stretched and moved a lot Uh, And that protection mechanism is a short-term strategy to try and help you heal. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't get better and the body starts to turn that into a long-term strategy. And so next thing you know, we have people that come in and it's been three months and they still can't bend over. And that, so the body is still in that protection mechanism and short-term it's been helpful, but long-term it turns into something detrimental, you know, because it starts to load the body in an abnormal way over time. And so there's, you know, one thing that we want to do is start to, whether it's through reflexes, you know, or exercise or whatever, start to kind of tone down some of those protective mechanisms to get people moving better quickly.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. What's that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, can we dog, take, yeah, the dog's fine. Okay, she's yeah. making some noise. I no, can, it's all good. Uh,
0: I could put her in the bedroom if we, we need to. We just got a to. dog
1: hanging. If our listeners don't like dogs, and yeah, yeah, that's so a if, problem, too. I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been petting her, so she's, yeah, she's, okay. a, good, she's good. a good friend to, to sit yeah, on Yeah, this. absolutely. Cool. So,
0: sorry, listeners, if she's... Uh, <laughs> too much background noise, I can... It's all you know. good. Okay.
2: Um, well, Bob, it's interesting hearing you like uh, talk about that, highlight that, because I had sciatica, actually, earlier this year, and I... I went and saw somebody about it because I mean that isn't sciatica like the biggest nerve in your body or close uh, to it.
0: It's yeah, it's yeah. a it's a big one.
2: Yeah, and just hearing you about like, like the bending over, like it, I, it got to the point where like I couldn't even bend over. But and I was I I was trying to decide like how do I how do I get rid of this? I went and saw somebody and they I they told gave them we me, do that at our place too. Yeah, <laughs> I should I should have <laughs> saw it next if it ever comes back again. Yeah, but yeah, it's just amazing yeah. like the stretches that I was given and the practices and how, like, one small change in your, like, morning routine, like doing stretches, how it can, like, fix that. And that was the first time I kind of got exposed to physical therapy and correction because I, I really hadn't done anything like that before. So I thought it was cool to kind of see what was given to me and how, like, a small change affected it. So Yeah, it
0: cool. and, you know, like you said, you were given some, some stretches, but there's different reasons people get those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. so, you know, chiropractors are known for adjusting or, like, making joints move better but sometimes that's not the right tool for the job Mm -hmm. Uh, and so at our office for us it's figuring out the specific reason for the problem and providing a specific solution to the problem and that may be an adjustment it may be an exercise it may be muscle work it all depends Mm -hmm. right and so you know that's one thing that open-mindedness that we went back to earlier, our docs are the same way, which is one reason I think why we've been so successful in helping people is we're not locked into one technique. It's the right technique and tool for the job, for the person.
1: Mm-hmm. I like, that's one thing I love is there's no cookie cutter plan. Like, it's just, I remember one time Dr. Owens was like, hey, uh, where do you take someone after this? I was like, it depends. He's like, well, all right, where do you take someone after you take them through this? I'm like, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, so what about this one? I'm like, dude, I'm not trying to be a dick, but, like, it depends what they need. If I mm-hmm. have someone with a shoulder problem, I'm going to attack properly packing the shoulder and loading it and, you know, our decentration and centration. Uh, pick on that. But if it's just they can do that, but they have no IEP, we're going to do something completely different. They mm-hmm. don't need that first off the bat. Mm-hmm. So... That's, I don't know, I can nerd out on it, but I love there's no one way to do it, how we've talked about um, those familiar with DNS, but you can start in the bear or a bird dog. It doesn't really matter. Um, it just kind of depends what you need to see.
0: Yeah, and f- for those of you who may not know what Colin's talking about, those Those are just exercises that we yep. employ. Um, and yeah, and it, some of it also depends on, you know, the person and what their goals are and where they're at mentally in the process, right? If, you know, pain makes people a lot of times be afraid to move and you know that's an account that we also have to take in in when we're when we're recommending things right is you know like right now I'm doing an online cognitive behavioral therapy certificate okay just to start learning about you know different pain mechanisms and how people respond and how to best address where the person is mentally on that cycle as well um, because you know as a physical provider a lot of times we just want to think physically But, you know, there's a whole nother mental, emotional side to things that we have to really think about and
1: address as well. So how do you do that currently when you see someone like they're hesitant in the exercise? You can tell they're just not going to feel comfortable doing it at home, even though they perform it fine in-house. How do you kind of combat that? Like, no, you'll be okay. Like, this is something that should help you.
0: So we educate a lot, you know, in my in our office. Our goal is to help our clients understand what we think is causing their, like the reason for their pain, uh, you know, what the pain generator is, why it happens and what they can do about it and what they should and shouldn't be afraid of. Right. And so that for me, that's really empowering for people because, you know, a lot of times people just go into the office and, you know, they get adjusted or they get an exercise and people don't take the time to help them understand. And so there's a lot of fear when we don't understand something. You know, and, and that is really, I think, like an art form to some degree, is helping a lay person understand like what a disc herniation is or a pinched nerve in a way that makes sense for them. Whether they're, you know, a mechanic or a PhD scientist, you know, meet them on that level and help them understand what it is and what they can do about it. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of it is too is, you know, if I think somebody needs a better, you know, hip hinging protocol, which is basically bending forward to touch your toes. Mm-hmm there are a lot of ways to get to that point right so somebody may be afraid standing up trying to do it so let's put you on your side or put you on your back or put you on your belly and start to progress up to that and find a place that like gets that gets the work that we want to accomplish but that also that person isn't afraid to do mm-hmm. so the exercise choice isn't just about what needs to happen physically but also helps meet that person mentally where they're
1: at okay yeah, that's a good way to put it. Want to look at exercise
2: so differently now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Slager talks about it a lot, but just like framing it from the point of view that this person at the end of the day, whoever walks in your office, they're just trying to live a healthier life. Like they have a whole another life outside of this office. Okay. And Slager talks about how he enjoys like learning people's stories and like what motivates them, like their families. How much do you enjoy that part of it i guess when you talk to them on like the personal level like how how you're actually going to help them become healthier for other parts of their life that's that's what it's all
0: about yeah and you know really and that's you know one thing we start with you know a little bit about people's story what their job is Mm -hmm. you know so that gets me thinking about what they need to do for their job and then what their goals are yeah is people aren't gonna you know come in and say like oh, you know, I want 90 degrees of shoulder external rotation, you know, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's like, okay, uh, let's take a look. Or, you know, like, oh, I want my joint to be able to move this far, my muscles to be able to go this distance, you know, people are like, oh, I want to be able to pick up my grandkids, or, you know, I want to be able to snatch 150 pounds, or, you know, whatever it is, and so, again, that's what matters, right, like, so everything that we do is an avenue to make that happen, mm-hmm. and so it's an it's an absolutely crucial part for us, um, because for me, what what's the point of what's the point, right. right? Like if we don't help that person accomplish those goals, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And so it's something that we take into account day one, every day. And so if somebody's goal is to, you know, I had a lady recently who came in. Um, with back pain, who's got a little kid, she also has knee pain, so she couldn't um, sit next to the tub and bathe her child, right, like, because she couldn't sit, like, butt to heels, couldn't sit on her knees, and she couldn't bend over and pick him up, and those were the two things that she wanted, and now she couldn't do them day one, but I showed her, like, here's where you're at, and here's the path to get there, and in probably a month to a month and a half, you will be able to do that if you do this work. Right, So I helped her very clearly understand there was a path to help her accomplish those goals. It wasn't just do these 10 exercises and oh yeah, soon you'll be able to do this. Mm -hmm. No, it's here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, here's step four, then you'll be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And what do you know, in a month, month and a half, I forget exactly what it was, she was able to do those things, right? Because she saw the, she had that end goal, but she also had the path to get there. And I think that's a lot of times where, where people and, practitioners get lost is you know they have a goal and they have a problem now but you know it's it's in the process right and the process is different for everybody but sometimes we get caught up or you know we we jump around a lot and and that's fine and that's understandable but bringing it back to that person and helping them reach those goals really is um, you know it requires work and thought consistent thought about that person and where they're at and how to help them with that.
2: Makes sense yes that, that's
1: exactly yeah cool. that's, that makes sense um, do you have any words like um i know everyone loves when it's like oh yeah i feel better today uh but i've had a few like tough cases where it's like you have this one breakthrough where it's like hey i can pitch without pain again mm-hmm. it's like one of those where it's like that was awesome like any of those that And I know HIPAA bounds you to certain things, but, um, where it's like one sticks out to where, man, this was a tough one that really got me. And then we finally broke through.
0: Yeah, that, you know, that is a regular occurrence at our office because of how we treat a lot of people have been a lot of other places Okay, and you know, they come into our place and you know. I had a, um, a running coach once who was having knee pain and she was told by an orthopedic surgeon just to stop running and she stopped running and for a year still had knee pain, you know? And so obviously for her, that wasn't working. She'd been a lot of other places and she came in came into me and, you know, I did what we talked about, like, I pinpointed what I thought was the like the cause of her pain, like I helped her understand it. I helped her understand really simple, practical solutions that she could employ even while she was running. Just some change in some body position, and I gave her some homework, and she went and ran the next day. Wow. Right, like day wow. day one. Essentially, she was running again, and it's been an onward. And I I've seen her various times since then, and she's never had to stop running since. Wow. And she. I don't even think she, I don't think she gets knee pain at all anymore. Um, She has, you know, everybody has issues, you know, for me, we're like layers of onions. So she's a marathoner so that, you know, can cause other things to crop up. But like, sure. Yeah. I mean, the knee's just a non-issue and she was running day one after not running for a year. Wow. And it was just right. Helping her understand, not just saying for me, like if we tell people, Oh, just don't do it. We're avoiding the problem. We're not really fixing it. Right. And, Life's too short to just say, "Oh, don't do things." Like, you know, we're already limited enough a lot of times, and so avoiding things is is not for me, not the solution. Mm -hmm. We have to teach people and help people train through it. And she's just a great example. Like, I helped her understand. She did exactly what I told her. She she worked on it very intensively, moving forward, and was able to run right away and hasn't gone back ever since. Day one. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: After a year. Welcome to Dr. Bob, folks. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) one small improvement, how big of an effect it has. It's it's crazy. So,
1: and you're kind of already touching on it, but aside from those things, what else do you see, whether it's in chiropractic practice or uh, general medicine as a whole, issues or problems that you see are kind of driving us into the ground and doing the opposite um, as opposed to more functional uh, correction that you guys deal with a lot?
0: Yeah, well, you know, in my experience, uh, our healthcare system is set up very structurally, right? So meaning we have to see a problem and then that automatically is the problem. Like disc are a great example. And, you know, I mean, nothing against the structural approach, right? There's a reason we're really good at acute care. It's because we're really good at identifying structural problems. But what the research and the evidence has shown is that You know, the majority of Americans over a certain age have disc herniations and are asymptomatic, meaning they have no pain. Right. And so, you know, we're doing expensive MRIs for people uh, to see if they have a disc herniation. And then we're trying to treat that disc herniation when really that may or may not be the problem. And, you know, we're, we're locking people into this fear like, oh, you have a disc herniation, don't bend over or never deadlift again or... You know, you have a disc herniation, so you're gonna have a back pain the rest of your life. And we're tying people to these structural things that, again, research really has just proven doesn't necessarily mean that that person has to have pain. It comes back into like even uh, cartilage, meniscus tears in the knee and and other things like that is the research is showing that they're super common. It's a a lot, and what it's coming back around to is that function, Can be independent of structure. So the better a person functions a lot of times the less likely they are to have pain Not always, you know, there's always exceptions to the rule but like, you know, I have a lady for instance another great example um, She was having some shoulder pain uh, You know her orthopedic or somebody did an MRI and she had two labral tears in her shoulder. So two cartilage tears she had a, I think, a little small rotator cuff tear, and then she had some osteo, a little bit of osteolysis, so a little bit of like um, bone density issues in her collarbone or clavicle, and uh, within a month we had her doing uh, handstands at yoga pain free. Yeah, wow. and she's a nurse, so she knows like, she knows about that stuff. So she had, I mean, a really bad looking shoulder, and in four weeks she was doing handstands with no pain. Jeez. So great example and i see her regularly shoulder doesn't give her any pain function is independent of structure often not always but often she's a great example of that right and so we have to as a as a society and i think definitely in healthcare we have to start getting a little bit away from the structural model and start just helping people move better
1: yeah
0: So, and whatever that looks like, it looks like. But, and tying people less to like, oh, you know, you have a meniscus tear in your knee. Well, not this past year, but previous year, I had five verified meniscus tear people that ran the Chicago and Indianapolis Marathon with no pain. So again, they have verified meniscus tears, but they ran with no pain. Mm -hmm. So like it tells you like they were at a, but we got them functional and resilient enough where it just wasn't an issue. That's awesome. So I look at I call people. It's like dents in your car. You know, a lot of people have little dents and dings and scratches. But if you drive your car safe, the ding is irrelevant.
2: Hmm.
0: It's the same with different kinds of little structural things in the body. Like, hey, you got a little ding? Okay, no big deal. I want to teach you how to drive your car so that it stays not a big deal.
2: Whoa, it's a good way. I like that metaphor. Yeah. 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 That's got blown away. That makes so much sense. Because I definitely have dents, but I mean, it's just a matter of. Sticking to something, being consistent with the way you move and the way you live your life. So I love that.
0: Yeah, and some people, you know, there's going to be times in our life where we drive erratically, right? <laughs> you know, where we, uh, so you know, we're mad and we, you know, like oh, we're honking the horn at people. And it's the same with the body. There's going to be times when we push the body this way or that way, and the idea is, you know, have we have we created a consistent enough like movement pattern and way for ourselves where even when we drive erratically we're not driving off the cliff you know mm-hmm. maybe we're just driving a little fast but we're still under the speed limit you know? right you know we're honking our horn mm-hmm. but like you know it's not a big deal because we don't normally do that kind of
1: stuff Toe the line once in a while yeah
0: it's okay <laughs> you know it's okay to tow the line and it's okay sometimes for our bodies to exceed that line but we have to be able to kind of know when we're doing that mm-hmm. and how to get back to driving yeah. safely
1: and then the recovery yeah exactly uh, do you guys either now or have a plan to implement anything nutritionally within your offices as well or gut health, anything like that?
0: Well it's already it's already happening. Ooh, beat me to it. So I should we, have known. Uh, I should have known better. Yeah. So we uh, last year, you know, originally started with, you know, um, chiropractors primarily as our healthcare providers. And we have uh, two nurse practitioners now that uh, one started in April and one started in August that do like natural health right so we do a lot of really cool outside the box lab testing you know testing people's micronutrient levels like their zinc levels and things like that it's not a part of mainstream testing Mm -hmm. Uh, we test for food and chemical sensitivities you know i got a lot of really cool stories on that front as well Uh, and then we are really helping people our nurse practitioners just to get them baseline healthier you know and then i have some some health coaches like Collin's mom's an awesome health coach. We have some people out there in the community that are really doing a great job that, you know, when people, you know, need some help holding themselves accountable, we have some resources to send them to. But for us, you know, in our office, we're starting on the front lines because what I find is, you know, sometimes people come in and, you know, maybe they're ready for a physical change, but not always so much that nutritional or that intrinsic change and seeing their internal health from a blood perspective a lot of times really helps put things um, put things in place for people and it helps them be more ready to you know create change in their life whether it's taking a specific amount of this supplement or or you know doing different things nutritionally so yeah we have a couple nps that do that um so yeah
1: that's pretty sweet Mm -hmm. uh would you mind sharing one of those Wild stories they have. Sure, can yeah. We, can we nerd um, out a little bit? We can
0: nerd out. So I have uh, a lady who's a friend of mine. Um, you know, she's uh, you know has been my insurance agent as well for a little bit, and um, you know was having some sinus issues for many, like she would say, I think she says over thirty years. She's had multiple surgeries, lots of medications. You know, been to uh, you know various top hospitals in the Midwest and um still had sinus problems right and so she's like i just i don't know what to do and you know i made some recommendations and she started making some changes and um, i recommended this test for her that test for food chemical sensitivities mold sensitivities preservative sensitivities so not full on allergies but sensitivities kind of like lactose intolerance where you know her body it doesn't necessarily You know, make her run to the hospital because she's an anaphylactic shock, but her body just doesn't like it. And so she, you know, she didn't want to do it at first. And she, you know, but I said, you know what? Here's the test. Go do your research. And when you're ready, you can run the test. Right. I think it was about a year and a half to two years. And she's finally like, okay, like I've saved up some money because it's not a cheap test. It's not a test we run on a lot of people. But for for me, I thought it was a test that was absolutely crucial for her. And um, she got the test and it came back that um, she lives in a town where she has, well, I'm pretty sure she has well water, uh, and there was some kind of chemical or toxic mineral in her well water that when she would take a shower, it was heating up, and she was—and it was aerosolizing, becoming like an air particle, and she was breathing it in. Wow.
2: Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> and
0: so for normal people, they can get away with it. For her, she was really super sensitive to it. And so the solution for her was like a $600 whole house filter. Within like three weeks, uh, her face, you know, sometime for a while was kind of like pretty red. And so it started to lighten up. She was and I think still is off many of her medications. Uh, yeah, just uh, totally <sighs> different. That is crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And, uh, you know, she had some food stuff too, but for her it was more the chemicals. Yeah, And I was wow. like, you know what, don't even worry about the foods right now. You can when you're ready for it, but let's focus on these chemicals because we're so bombarded by things in our environment that for, and for her, that was the issue, right? Is she got this whole house filter and she worked on staying away from these chemicals and literally within a couple of weeks, like life has been very different for her since. And again, it's not perfect because she's had it for a long time, but man, it's, it's very different now. So pretty cool. You know, all these surgeries and maybe all along, I'm not sure, but maybe all along it could have been a
2: five six hundred dollar solution Jeez. the root of the problem
0: yeah the root of the problem that people is,
2: just over overlook yeah
0: is she her in this chemical and mineral like just didn't get along
1: yeah well it makes me even more curious because i've told tim and my mom gave me something uh, a gut something mm-hmm. for my gut too is i've had this post nasal drip for like two years yeah where i can always suck up like just gunk it's not discolored or anything uh-huh. just constant and I've had like a deviated septum corrected before. So it's like, I was like hoping maybe that would help. And so now I'm like, okay, I, well, I already can't do dairy. And my mom has a gluten thing now. So uh-huh. I'm like, well, I, I got more of her genes and the other side of the family. So I've removed that. And uh, so now I'm trying to see, I'm trying to pinpoint like what is driving this before I think like, oh, do I have cancer? You know, like, yeah. Um, there's got to be something else because 80% of your immune system is in the gut. So, I'm like, something has got to be driving this. And it started like two years. Yeah. So, what are the big constants? So, I'm starting with those. So, seeing where this rabbit hole takes me.
0: And, yeah. And, you know, they're doing more and more research that, you know, your immune system is in the gut. But, you know, a lot of people, we just think it's food. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you, for instance, skincare products in the European Union, there's. You know, over 2,000 chemicals banned from skincare products in the United States. It's like 200. Jeez. You know, it's just, so it's another great story. I had, uh, I think she was 18 at the time. Had girl had migraines since she was six. It's not normal for a six-year-old to have migraines. Right. And her parents' like money wasn't the issue, so they've had all these tests, they did all these things, and they still couldn't figure it. We're on the same test. It's called an LRA test, LRA, a lymphocyte reactive assay, <laughs> um, and find out that there was a, uh, a product, uh, like, a, I don't want to say a chemical, but uh, an ingredient that's pretty common in organic shampoos and lotions that she just didn't get along with. Again, within three weeks, migraine-free, right? And so, wow. again, because we're constantly bombarded with things, and our gut can only handle so much. And so I would encourage those people out there. You know, if you've had your gut tested, great. And if you still don't have the answer, is keep looking. There is an answer to almost every problem. We just you just maybe have not done the right test or or found the right solution yet. Keep looking. Like health is a journey. It's not a destination, right? Um, and if you don't feel the way that you want, keep searching right keep looking have an open but have an open mind to things you know like you know different techniques and different things aren't for everybody um but you know just just keep keep working man keep moving forward
1: understanding why the body isn't repairing itself yeah because it's built to
0: mm-hmm. it is built to and if we're constantly bombarding it with different things though, our body can only handle so much so pretty cool yeah. stuff
1: i can listen to that all day yeah <laughs> that shit gets me going yeah like hearing about that because we're what dr scott does chinese herbal testing Mm -hmm. so for deficiencies anything from candida to testosterone and uh so that's when i was like dude we need to implement food Mm -hmm. because we can supplement but we need to fix what goes in their mouths and he's on this big nutritional journey for himself too and him and i are in this gut health class uh, from it's called nutritional coaching institute uh pretty renowned um information and i've I've been talking to a rep there and i'm gonna soon get a their level one nutrition coaching cert and then so i'll I'll be able to then do nutrition coaching in the office too so he'll test find deficiencies uh, we can identify gut health protocols and then we can take a look at a seven to 14 day food diary longer if we need it and Mm -hmm. start to identify like, okay, it could be food, but like you're saying, it might also not be. And that's where more of the gut comes in to where he can test a lot more things chemically inside what's going on too. Mm -hmm. But that's awesome. You guys are already making those changes. That's wild.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's, I think it's a, it's a journey for everybody. You know, I, for me, you know, I grew up, you know, drinking Kool-Aid and eating whatever, eating hamburger out, whatever, right, you know, hey, and, and, you know, um, you know, my parents did the best they could with what they knew at the time, right, and, um, you know, it's been an evolution for me as well, um, you know, I, I would always get this, like, rash on my neck, and my, my arms, and, you know, I made my mom, try every lotion and detergent and everything she she's like you're such a woman right you're always trying different things and you know no <laughs> offense against women but that's what my mom's like you know you're so prissy about your products and right because i was always trying to find the the, the fix and one day my my former employer the one who told me to go out on my own said you should try paleo and get rid of get rid of foods and you know within 30 days of paleo my skin was awesome oh, wow. for me i found out corn's a trigger I don't know if I'm sensitive or allergic to it, but within 12, 14 hours eating corn, I break out. Jeez. Wow. And is it the corn or is it the chemicals, the corn sprayed, with? you know, I don't know. And at this point, I don't really care. Wow. <laughs> <But> I, <laughs> you can live I without could, corn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what, I've tested for it and things like that, so I know. But at the same time, like, you know, we all, we all only know what we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if, if something, I would encourage people out there, if something doesn't seem right, look for help, right? You know google google will, is a good place to start but if you if if it you know if you give it three or four weeks and you're not getting change go find a professional to help you mm. right because if something's not going to change in a couple weeks it probably ain't going to change and you may need help or guidance is getting there right so even me who was a healthcare professional like it just i didn't know about paleo right right until somebody told me about it and said do this uh and for me now i'm not so much strict paleo like i I can tolerate some dairy but I know now I have a limit okay right and I didn't know I had a limit until I cut it out for 30 days and started adding it back in Uh so it's been a a journey for me as well but uh, you know for those of you out there who feel like oh, there's just so much pick a place to start and start and if you need help get help there's no shame in asking for help even the best people in the industry best nutritionists typically have somebody helping them sure or or did at some point yeah so
1: So what do uh, some of your like go-to meals uh, look like?
0: Uh, For me, I like scrambled eggs and peas. Okay. With some, with some Sriracha. Okay. That's a pretty, uh, pretty standard meal in my house. Scrambled eggs and peas. Yeah. It's like
1: one of the few veggie veggies I don't eat or peas. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So um, what else? Uh, Broccoli and cauliflower are go-to's in our house. My kids like, you know, if you ask them, they're like my daughter. She's four, her favorite vegetable and it's broccoli oh, really yeah started Which off most right. kids are like and she's like she, you know usually for me i like you know grass-fed butter and some salt and pepper mm-hmm. she's straight up girl straight up broccoli nothing on it whoa Just she's it. hardcore oh yeah. yeah yeah she eats raw peppers and so yeah i mean we uh you know uh, my wife's a veg- a gluten-free vegetarian um so we're gluten-free in our house but okay. um, that's probably the only thing really super strict that we follow yeah. Um, within reason so but uh, which yeah. even that's
1: becoming easier to kind of work around too like yeah, I remember super... people freaked out when I'd tell them I was I couldn't do dairy They're like yeah. oh what do you eat I was like uh, most stuff that's not crap honestly <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, natural <laughs> like uh, uh, you ground. know it's a blessing and a curse that I can't eat Cheetos I'm just saying I love the original crunchy Cheetos but yeah I can't eat them so uh-huh. it's like a good thing but
0: yeah so like last night in our house uh, I had a uh grass-fed cheeseburger with um did mashed potatoes i carved up a little bit last night and uh roast garlic roasted green beans Ooh, it's a pretty standard you know standard in our house is a couple veggies and sometimes a meat dish sometimes not you know i used to be a meatitarian but i'm not so much locked into that it's just kind of whatever sounds good and works but we you know we're pretty simple we don't uh you know, we don't do all these crazy things. You know, a lot of times it's just because we got kids. Our kids like things simple, so that's what mm-hmm. we do, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Any, like, cauliflower crust pizza anything like that? Yeah. Because so, I've never tried know, one before, and I'm hearing, like, good things and mixed things and really good things.
0: Again, it's I think it's all about your style and your preference. But, yeah, like, our, you know, when we have pizza, one of our go- uh, our favorites is against the grain. It's a frozen cauliflower pizza. It's not dairy free for you, sir, but uh, you can make your own. Um, they have them out there. But uh, for those of you who maybe want to be gluten free but not necessarily dairy free, against the grain it's awesome. Yeah, they just do such a great job. But yeah, we've made our excuse me, we've made our own here. Uh, but you know, a bunch of times I've done them on the grill. So yeah, you know, I like like the experiments.
1: That's so, cool. Yeah, because he knows I'm all about cooking. I'm always in the kitchen. Yeah. My mom's kid. What else can I tell you? About? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, your mom's a your mom's a great cook. Yeah, I really. appreciate it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Before we had kids, uh, I used to experiment more. Now, again, with having kids and time and a co- you know a couple businesses, it's really just uh, you know for me a way to be simple, practical, but still follow our values mm-hmm. and um, still kind of eat the way that we want to eat. Yeah. Right. So you know that for us involves a lot of plain veggies, raw veggies. You know, or veggies with butter or whatever, you know. so sure. And then, like, you know, if we do chicken, usually we're chicken thighs in this house. Okay. I like the thighs. Uh, mm, and it's usually, like... the
1: thigh guy. All
0: right. Guy, you know? um, and then, usually, it's just we, we bake it with various kinds of spices. Okay. You know, we'll switch it up one day from, like, a, you know, a hot thigh to a Thai thigh to a whatever. Oh, you know, cool. we just, just change up the flavoring a little bit so we don't get bored with it.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So... So uh, I know we're kind of impeding on some, some family time here. So what's next for Dr. Bob moving forward? Personal, career, what's next steps? So personally,
0: um, you know, I'm really just continuing to look forward to growing. man. you know, I took that, that natural movement seminar this past weekend. And
1: God, that sounded so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. Oh, so man.
0: it was just really learning more about my movement style and my limitations and my strengths and my weaknesses and um you know continuing to grow and move forward and you know my daughter and she's four and she's doing ballet and gymnastics and i want to be the guy who's doing handstands with my daughter yeah you know like i tell my patients like you know when you're 80 if you want to do a handstand i want you to have that right right like why not you know it's not everybody's goal but i want to be able to enjoy life with my family without thinking twice about it and for me that moves that means a certain movement fluency and uh, you know I got to be able to do all these things and keep up <laughs> yeah I want to be the cool crazy dad that's hanging from a tree like a monkey with my kids <laughs> yeah you know? yes. so uh so yeah that's from a personal perspective that's really what I'm working on you know um,
1: you already got the cool dad so yeah, check that, the box.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah we have a lot of fun in our house and so for me it's about quality of time right um and then uh, professionally, you know, we have our I have our healthcare business, Modus Integrative Health. Again, we're just really trying to um, continue to grow and be better and more efficient at what we're doing. I also have an education company called Modus Education where we host different health seminars. We have a big panel coming up we were talking about earlier, um, June twenty first to the twenty third in uh, Chicago where we're hosting some really cool you know top names and physical therapy and chiropractic and you know really just looking to answer that question earlier is how to be more efficient it's like you know which techniques would i use and why and for me it's going back to like you know the more efficient i can be with with my time the more efficient i can be with my patient's time mm. and helping them get better faster and just professionally trying to grow that message as well and not just accepting you know just accepting where I'm at and where my patient's at is, you know, I tell my patient all the time, there's certain things that keep me up at night. And it's right. like, you know, how can I get this person better faster, or that person better faster, you know, so just really kind of continuing to grow on that, but, you know, still spend a high quality of time and enjoy my family time and mm. my personal life and just continue to grow there as well. So I would say that that's what's next, you know, just keep moving forward and wherever life takes me, just make sure that I'm, I'm living in the present and um, trying to be the best version of myself I can be.
1: Love it. Dr. Bob, where can people find you?
0: Uh, So, you know, again, my business, my healthcare business is Modus Integrative Health. We're in Cherville at 1425 Eagle Ridge Drive. Our phone number there is 219-322-6942. Our website is Modus, M-O-T-U-S, integrativehealth.com. And then if you're a healthcare professional or education company is moduseducation.com. And, uh, you know, you're always feel free to email me. If you have questions about this podcast or anything i mentioned on it, that email is drbob, D-R-B-O-B, at modusintegrativehealth.com.
1: Awesome. Great. Dr. Bob, thanks for letting us crash your Saturday. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thanks for having me on and uh, glad to do it. Awesome. Thanks again. We'll talk to you guys next time. Yep.